This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. How are you doing today? Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time, and I'm with my good friend and legendary investor, Jonathan Twomley. How are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm doing really well. And I actually want to say something about the legendary investor <laughs> uh, thing. So I, yesterday I did my quarterly mastermind day, which was a full day, six panels on capital raising. And one of the guests that I had on was uh, Paul Moore, who's a friend of mine who is uh, the host of numerous podcasts and a big, uh, bigger pockets contributor. And Paul told this story about how he wrote a book on multifamily investing that became a big seller in the field before he even ever got a deal <laughs> and or he had one deal or something it was like some really small number of you know of deals but he had like summarized all his experience you know experience and knowledge into this book which became very popular and then he got on a podcast and he was introduced as the legendary multifamily investor Paul <laughs> and he was sitting there going oh my god like i have such like imposter syndrome right now <laughs> Uh, because I have he's done one like one deal so far you know and they've now introduced me as the legendary investor Paul Moore so oh that's funny it makes me feel a little bit like that like I've done my share of deals but I wouldn't call myself legendary at this well point. you're you're a legend on this channel you've been with us for over a year you've done more apartment deals than everybody on the channel so hey <laughs> it is what it is buddy you've got more, yeah you got more units and more more total. So that's, that's pretty cool. Well, Hey, one of the things I wanted to do right out the gate, I don't know if you're hearing this given we, we kind of play in different markets, right? I'm really more residential, you're more commercial. Um, but I've hearing a lot of people talk about 2021 is just like 2006. Has that kind of just hit your radar at all before we pull this thing up? Yeah, well, I mean, I've heard like people throwing this out there and I've seen in your posts on Facebook that like talking about the fact that people are mentioning this and some people are looking at a crash. Yeah. So I'm kind of aware of the issue and certainly, you know, multifamily feels quite bubbly. Yeah. It really is or not. I mean, we can talk about it in a minute, but yeah. uh, the markets definitely feel. Okay. Rocky. Yeah. So we're going to do a whole conversation on is uh, multifamily in a bubble. We'll make that topic number two, but I just had to get this out there. I actually have been hearing this for over a year. Uh, people with no experience in single family have been talking about, hey, look at this chart. It's just like that chart. We're in for a bubble. And again, I've been buying for 20 years. I bought before. I knew what it felt like. I knew it was different, but I, I got, frankly, irritated. So I spent four or five hours pulling together facts about the two periods. So I just want to pull them up. I want to go through them. Uh, and you feel free to ask questions because you may interpret the data differently. Uh, and we'll get into it. Cool. Sure. All right. So let's pull this up. So let me know if you can see that. Yeah, I can. All right. So essentially what we're going to do is we're going to go just top down and we're going to talk about what I'm seeing as differences. 
Uh, and again, I've, I've, I've added to this spreadsheet. I went on a rant last week and just rattled off lots of these, but this one is more, more complete. Uh, and we'll just start with inventory, right? Inventory, these are homes available for sale. So they're on the MLS around the country. Uh, back in 06, it was 3.7 million homes. So we are actually slightly above what would be a normal market at 3.1. And today, as of July, there's 1.3 million homes available for sale. So the supply picture is vastly different. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right, cool. That one's kind of, you know, that one's kind of a layup. But again, it's it's not appreciated by people that are just pointing at the, you know, 2006. Here's another one that I didn't even realize, having invested in this time. National, national housing appreciation, 2004, 2005. 2006 was 48 percent wow that's astonishing yeah and it's obviously a lot of that was the last two years because of what we'll talk about here in a minute the loan products that were out there and even though 2020 was a hot year nationally at 14.7 if we look at 2019 20 and 21 uh national again national there are city exceptions was 24 percent so while appreciation is healthy probably above trend it's not the nuttiness of 06. That's what that point makes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And again, folks, I mean, I get comments all the time where you're not, you're not talking about Nashville or you're not talking about Boise. Folks, this is, these are national numbers, right? I'm trying to compete with the national chatter. But here's a big one, and you'll see the impact of this in a minute. Interest rates. Interest rates in 2006, 6.41%. These are 30-year, 20% down owner OCK loans, right? I had to pick a loan product. Today, 2.88. <laughs> that's just, that's that's laughable. That's <laughs> so yeah. low. Although that, that's something that would, I mean, that fact alone, it, you know, if you took it out of context of all this other stuff, yep. it say to me, oh, bubble, 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 right? Could. So, but anyway, keep going. Yep. yep. So another thing that I believe is interesting, and I got this actually from Barry Habib, um, talking about demographics and the fact that 31 years of age uh, is the average age for first-time home buyers. So what I did is I went to 2006 and subtracted 31 years, which brought us back to or 1975. And there were 3.1 million births uh, in 1975. This is again, US-based. US based. 1975 is uh, more than 31 years ago. Uh, no, from 2006. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> come on, Jonathan. No. I was like, I was like, what? No, <laughs> no, 2006, 31 years prior to 2006 was 1975. Okay. There were 3.1 million births. We were basically coming out of the trough, right? 1974, I think was the lowest births, uh, in a long time. Now, 2021 minus 31 is 1990. That is 4.2 million births. Now, I tried to get, I tried to get uh, migrations, like immigration, immigration, yeah. and I couldn't find a number that I was reliable with, so I didn't add this. But again, there's over a million more 31-year-olds, all else being equal, in 2021. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. All right. Now we're going to get into the nutty practice, and this is why I, this is part going to be part of our discussion in multifamily. Uh, because what I see and what I commented on is loan products, I think, are the problem. In 2006, Jonathan, would you be shocked to realize that 50% of the loans originated were adjustable rate mortgages? That is insane. That is that, stupid. That's that is dumb. Easy. Yeah. yeah. 
that, that's just the topic of the day. The whole idea was real estate never goes down. It only goes up. Don't worry about the payment. You'll refi out. But it just was 50% of loans originated were adjustable. And in 2021, I'm happy to say that only 2.2% of loans are adjustable. Very different, right? And the reason this is important in residential, Jonathan, is because a lot of what we went through last time was rates were, or products were adjusting and it just, it was a cascading series of dominoes. Right. And if you don't have to sell, even if your house is worth less, but you can, you got to live somewhere, you're not going to sell, right? So. Yeah, there was that in last time around, there was the, the when the Fed raised interest rates to try to cool things down, that hurt a lot of people. But hits also, the arms. a lot of people had those uh, two-year interest only loans too. Yeah, right? and that's the next day. one. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they were called NAG AMs, sometimes called pick payment loans, right? Fully amortized 30, fully amortized 15, interest only, or the lovely negative amortization where we just stick it on the back of the loan. Did you know that 14.4%? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Spam, spam phone call. Yeah. So 14.4% of loans originated were pick a payment loans in 2006. That's just nutty. You know, it's funny. I remember in 2006 and 2007, when I was looking to buy, you know, our first home, which turned into be the place where we still live uh, yeah. because of some of the stuff that you're talking about now. But um, I remember being on the phone with, you know, a mortgage broker and I was a lawyer at the time and the mortgage broker was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to give you an interest only like, you know, loan for you know like 1.5 million dollars or some kind of create and it was like i don't want that like yeah why would I no thank that? you yeah <laughs> like i don't want to have a interest only loan and like and base my purchase yeah. on like it was it was crazy i was like no thanks yeah but a lot of people said yes 14.4 percent of loans originated were that right. toxic yuck and I'm you know i'm actually surprised it's this low i thought it would have been higher yeah well yeah yeah uh, you know what they are in 2021? Zero. <laughs> I'm happy to say. Zero yes. percent. Uh, that's crazy. Okay. How about percent of cash buyers? Percent of cash buyers in 2006 was at just over 9%. I think it was 9.1. I rounded it down to 9%. 2021, 33%. Again, hard to foreclose on somebody if you know they own it free and clear. All right, here's the one. This is the one line that all these novice real estate investors and YouTube channels are pointing at. Hey, look, 2021 housing prices is higher than 2006. It must be a bubble, right? 243 and 06. This is again, national median home. Uh, in 2021, it's 287. Okay, now for the reality of what I believe people pay and that is payment, mm -hmm. not price. If you take in 2006, if you take the 6.41% interest, you put 20% down to a fully amortized loan, your payment is $1,221. If you do the same thing in 2021, except the interest rates 2.88 and the, and the purchase is higher, 287, still 20% down, Jonathan, your payment is roughly $300 lower at 959. So stop telling me housing is unaffordable. It's cheaper today than 06. Does that make sense? That is amazing. Yep. And oh, by the way, average or median family income, this is a family of four. So mom, dad, two kids. Median income in 2006 was, let's call it 60 grand. And now it's 80 grand. 
So not only is my payment lower, but I make 20 grand more. Mm. How is housing unaffordable? Right. Okay. Now let's talk about what led, you know, the crash and all these bad things. The average credit score of a borrower in 06 was 633. In 2021, actually, it was Q4 of 2020. I could not find any data for 2021. It was actually 786. This is crazy high. Yep. Then I'm then rents, because again, if you're a landlord, you get rents. The median rent, and this was for apartments, was basically 720 in 06. Now it's 1104. Single family rents were 937. Now they're basically 1500. So, so again, folks, if you're a landlord, rents are up. Your payments are lower. I mean, come on, crazy. Uh, so I believe affordability, if you read my book, is the thing that tells you you're a problem. In my market, it got as low as 20, but in 06, it was 25. So that's only a quarter of the people could buy. Oh, is that what that means? Okay, yeah. I just wonder what that means. Yeah, it means only a quarter of the population in Fresno could buy the average home. That's what that meant. Today, it's 46. So nearly half. Again, not unaffordable. Just for people that like to compare San Francisco, San Francisco got as low as nine. Wow. Nine was nutty. Today's crazy, but not nine nutty. It is 20. And then perhaps the most important thing in residential financing is 2006 banks forced strategic defaults because they were not easy to deal with and they'd sold all the loans and blah, blah, blah. Today, it's the avoidable, avoidable foreclosure. Uh, we just got forbearance numbers and they're you know basically 1.5% of the families in forbearance lost it. 23% never missed a payment. 28% already had worked out. So again, avoidable foreclosure is how banks are dealing with problems today, not strategic default. So stop calling 2021-06. It is just not. This is very interesting statistics, for sure. Less inventory, lower payment, higher rent, better credit. I mean, better income. It's just, ah. I don't want to hear it anymore. So yeah, I, I think like the really shocking number or not shocking, but yeah, well, maybe shocking for 2006 that kind mm -hmm. of makes, make a lot of sense. Is that three-year appreciation number? Yeah. 48%. percent in three years is just insane. Yeah. Right? And, and then also, and it's, it's, a, it's kind of strange to like recall that that was at these interest rates and everybody at the time thought that was a really low interest rate. Right? Yeah. My first loans were seven and a quarter or seven and eight. Yeah. And I thought that was great. Yeah. And so, and then when you get into the funky mortgages, yeah, that's pretty, uh, pretty crazy. The, these, the numbers for these, you know, negative amortization loans and the adjustable rate mortgages. Yep. So very, very, this is some interesting and very compelling statistics I have to say. Yeah. And again, we're going to, th this is why 2006 is, is burned in my memory. And most of it was all caused by bad loans and, and loan products. Right. And that's why when I replied to your is multifamily in a bubble, I pointed at the loan products. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about that in a second session. So uh, thank you for going this through this with me. It was, it makes me feel better to get this off my chest. If you know what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, there's some people out there getting millions of views talking about 2021, just like 06. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Did anybody do the work? Yeah, but negative news is always more. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. We're hard, humans are hardwired for negativity. So 
that's why you know that's why the news yeah. always leads with uh you know if it bleeds it leads right yeah so. exactly exactly well thank you for going through this with me we will talk about multifamily in a minute and tie all of this together how can people find you be part of your facebook group because they got to join because i get a lot of thoughts and thought-provoking stuff from you uh yeah multifamily investment community on facebook just do a quick search and uh just one little hurdle you have to jump through is join from a computer the first time because you got to answer some questions to get in and Facebook and it's infinite wisdom <laughs> doesn't show them to people on phones. It's so, crazy <laughs> so come in through your computer. And then after that, you're free to use it as you're you know, on your phone any other time. Yeah. So. Join the Facebook group. I'm there. I'm responding when he, uh, when he puts out a, a nice thought. So uh, thanks again, Jonathan. Yeah, absolutely.